Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to R slash Petty Revenge, where OP tricks his stupid neighbor into robbing himself. Our next Reddit post is from Big Tex. I rented a duplex in my early 20s. My neighbor was a wannabe gangster type and made the mistake of breaking into my vehicle one night. I had a small SUV with a removable soft top, so the neighbor figured that it would be easy pickings to just peel back the top and help himself to my stereo, amplifier, CDs, and some other miscellaneous stuff. I discovered the break-in early the next morning after it occurred. I knew for certain who the culprit was. We weren't in a heavily populated area and my neighbor was well known for his thievery. I waited for him to leave his place, and when the opportunity arose, I went around the back of his house and looked through the bedroom window to find that, sure enough, my stuff was sitting right on the floor inside of his apartment. I instinctively tried the window, and as luck would have it, the sash went right up. Bingo! I hopped through and quickly surveyed the items laying around. It occurred to me that I could get some excellent revenge here if I played my cards right. So, rather than just recoup my stuff and wind up in a fight over it, I borrowed a marker and proceeded to write my name on all of my stuff, as well as a few choice items of his, just for good measure. I then climbed back out of my window and waited. When he finally came back, I called for some police presence and explained to them how my vehicle got robbed, and I knew that it was my neighbor because I literally saw my stuff through his window. We knock on his door, and I can still remember the look on this guy's face seeing me and the cops standing there. He wasn't even close to ready for that encounter, and almost certainly had drugs on him, so he was very cooperative given the circumstances. I politely explained that I knew that he had broken into my vehicle, and I needed him to return my stuff immediately or I'd press charges. He went and retrieved my things, and I pointed out my name written on them to the officer. I said, what about my other stuff, while the thief looked around puzzled and dumbfounded. I rattled off a couple of other choice items of his that I'd also put my name on earlier. The look on this guy's face while he handed over his stuff to me while the cop was standing there was priceless. Our next Reddit post is from Charming University. Back in college, I had better credit than my three other roommates, so I put our internet and TV under my name. Otherwise, the deposit would have been 600 bucks. The cable company offered me a $300 Visa gift card upon sign-up. Two months later, I called them because the gift card never arrived. 
They tell me they sent it a few weeks ago, and eventually I'm able to find out from Visa that someone used it at Whataburger, Target, and a liquor store near my house. I'm pissed off because obviously one of my roommates used it, but I don't know which one. A few weeks later, roommate number two complains that their $200 birthday gift card to Target has gone missing. His mom still had the receipt, and the store was able to tell her that someone used it at the Target near our house. He's obviously pissed off too, but now we've realized that it's probably one of the other two roommates. A couple of weeks after that, roommate number three's wallet disappears. We turned the house upside down looking for it, and we knew that it had to be in the house because her car key is attached to her wallet, and her car is parked at the house. She is absolutely frantic, sobbing, screaming, hyperventilating. She's throwing stuff everywhere, just having an absolute meltdown while tearing the house apart. We had never seen her behave like this before, so we're all kind of surprised she would be that upset about her wallet. It's stressful, sure, but I was genuinely concerned about how she was reacting. She says the gift card thief must have taken it, implying that it was roommate number four, the only person who hadn't had something stolen yet. A few days later, I found that roommate's wallet in the trunk of my car. We had gone to get groceries together, and I guess she just laid it in the trunk while we were unloading. I'm like, oh my gosh, I found her wallet. And then I open it up because I'm just excited to confirm that I did indeed find her wallet. Bam, both stolen gift cards front and center. No doubt. The Visa gift card has my name printed on it. And roommate number two's mom had written something in Sharpie on his gift card. I realized she had a meltdown because she was afraid that we'd find out that she was the thief. I left the wallet, cash and all, right where it was, pushed up against the inner lip of the trunk so that you couldn't see it unless you leaned further into the car. A locksmith wouldn't make her new keys without the title to her car, and the title was in the glove box of her locked car. All in all, she had to spend about 500 bucks replacing her driver's license, title, and keys. Not to mention not being able to drive her car for two weeks. I moved out of state with her wallet still in my car. I finally tossed it in the trash several months later. Sometimes, the universe assists you with petty revenge. Yeah, OP, it sounds like the universe assisted you with some karma. Get it? Karma with a C? Our next Reddit post is from Uber. I got Gmail about 20 years ago when it first came out, so I was able to snag a simple email, just my first initial and last name. Think like jsmith at gmail.com. For the last several years, I've been getting all kinds of spam and legitimate emails from someone with my first initial and last name. Some of these emails seem pretty important. For instance, hotel reservations and train tickets have both been sent to my email. In the past, I've tried contacting this person with the phone number that I find in the emails and asked her to stop using my email account. She brushes me off every time, basically telling me to F off. Apparently, she just started shopping at Kohl's because I've been getting all of her reward email. Since she decided that she isn't going to stop using my email, I used her $50 in Kohl's cash that she sent to my email a couple of weeks ago, and I just used another 20 bucks today. As far as I'm concerned, she's aware that she's using my email. Therefore, she's gifting me her Kohl's cash. Thanks for the new belt and jeans, Jessica. Keep them coming. OP, even better, just start canceling every single thing that she sends to your email. You said that she did hotel reservations and train tickets. Okay, well then just cancel them. 
Let her work out the details once she goes to the hotel and finds that there's no reservation in her name. Our next Reddit post is from Pineapple. Back in high school, I struggled hard. I had a stepdad who adopted me and then ignored me my whole life. And a mom who was wrapped up in making his life perfect. Yeah, he was what some might call a textbook narcissist, with my mom as his flying monkey. Anyway, school was a difficult time for me, and I had a lot of anxiety and a hard time focusing. I attended all my classes and was always doing very well on my assignments, but I had trouble completing them. I had the same guidance counselor all through high school, and I would start every year with meeting her. Each time, I would explain that I needed more help because I was struggling with focus. She brushed me off every time, stating that I obviously wasn't trying hard enough because I had no excuse, since my stepdad was, wait for it, a social worker for the school board and a personal friend of hers. Yeah, it was awful. At the end of high school, we had our obligatory meeting about what colleges or universities or trade schools to apply to. I told my counselor that I was interested in psychology and I'd like to be a counselor or to teach psychology. The woman scoffed literally scoffed at me. She said, and I quote, please do not apply to a university. It would be a huge disappointment for you. You are not university material, and you may be better with a community college or even a certificate in administration. Now, let me say that there's nothing wrong with going to community college or getting a certificate in something. Nothing at all. But this woman's words would haunt me my whole life. I wanted to pursue something that I was very interested in, and she essentially told me that I wasn't smart enough or capable enough to do it. Fast forward to my late 20s. I worked at a variety of small jobs here and there and became very depressed. I finally decided one day that, F it, I'm applying for university. Well, I got in and I graduated with honors. So I went to teacher's college for another bachelor's degree. Again, I graduated with honors. And about five years ago, I finally finished my master's in behavioral psychology. Two years ago, my stepdad died. And who's at the visitation? My old guidance counselor. She came over and started talking to me immediately like she knew me, like we're old friends. I cut her off and said, I'm so sorry, you must be confusing me with someone else. She looked absolutely shocked and said, I was your guidance counselor for four years? And I just shook my head, gave the best blank look I could give, shrugged, and said, Sorry, I honestly don't remember you. When I left, she looked a bit confused and disappointed. I think she had hoped for me to have all these good memories of her, how helpful she was to me as a teen. But nope, I wanted her to feel like she was nothing to me. That she had zero effect. But even though she did affect me, I was not going to let her know that. I felt pretty good about that. Also, Opie adds some clarifying details in an update. My mom had run into my guidance counselor a few times at the grocery store before this, and she bragged about my accomplishments, so I didn't have to tell her about them. She already knew that I was successful. Since she already knew, I pretended that she was a nobody to me to ensure that she understood she contributed nothing. Our next Reddit post is from Two Spinning Triangles. I bought a house on a corner when I moved into this area. I kept the yard cut and clean. This corner seems to be a place where trash was thrown out regularly. From the beginning, I kept finding peppermint schnapps pints along one of the fence lines. The first one I hit with a mower. It seemed every day I would see one on my property in the same spot. 
I knew it had to be a neighbor, so I quit throwing them in the recycling bin and started to collect one after another. I hoped to eventually find whoever had this bad habit. I filled one huge garbage bag, then one turned into two. One day, I was off work early and trimming the hedges by my house. Then, I heard it. A thunk followed by something hitting the fence. I finally caught the litter bug. Now I have the car and the driver. I jumped in my truck and headed the direction the guy went. I saw the guy get out of his car and go inside of his house. I drove back home and collected all the bottles. Later that evening, I went to this man's house. There was another car in the driveway. I got out, rang the doorbell, and walked back to get the bags. An older woman answered the door as I was coming back. She asked if she could help me. I said yes. I told her that I dealt with this problem and I was tired of it. At this point, the husband has come outside. I took one bag and dumped all the bottles on the driveway. The bottles broke and flopped around. I grabbed the other bag and did the same. I told them I was sick of picking up after him and I had better not see another pint in my yard. The woman immediately turned to her husband and started yelling at him. Apparently, he had a bad drinking problem and promised that he'd quit. He would down the pints before he got home and my yard was his dumping zone. I never did see another bottle of schnapps after this. Opie, that's pretty good revenge, but what you should have done is gone to the local police station and say, Hey, just so you know, every single day at such and such a time, a guy drives by this street with an open bottle of alcohol that he throws outside. So if you want a super easy drunk driving ticket, here's the time and place. Only then, after he gets arrested, bring the bottles to the wife's place. Our next Reddit post is from Pasta Mark. I have a one-year-old son, and we decided to go to the playground one day. On this day, a bunch of kids were there, among whom was a bratty four-year-old or so girl who had a mean streak to her. My son, who didn't know better, went close to the girl, and she just tells him, What are you doing here? You're not invited here. I did not like my son being bullied, but I figured that he probably doesn't understand these things yet, and I didn't want to be one of those sensitive helicopter parents who shelters their kid from everything. So I just took my son and we played elsewhere. Later on, I see that the girl's grandma was there, and it seemed like she's not one of those loosey-goosey grandmas. So while the girl was close to her grandma, it dawned on me that I could bait her to be mean to my kid in front of granny. So I placed my son close to the girl since I figured that he wouldn't understand anyways, and it worked. She said, you're not welcome here, go away. And her grandma heard, and she got in trouble. And the grandma said they would go home now since she can't be nice. The four-year-old tried to fight it, but she couldn't do anything. Our next Reddit post is from Haya Bank Ranger. I had a girlfriend. We were bad for each other, and unsurprisingly, she was cheating on me. I found out in a rather dramatic way and had a full-on mental breakdown. The dude she was cheating with had been fed a bunch of lies to keep him from talking to me and started threatening me with violence. Long story short, we broke up, she moved out of our place and into his place, and I started therapy. A few months goes by, and I realize in therapy that I wasn't just upset about my ex-girlfriend, but also about my whole life. I decided to get a new job, a new place to live, a new everything. The day that I got my new job offer, I saw an email come into my old work email account. I recognized the name on the email as the guy who was threatening me and now living with my cheating ex. So I referred him to my boss. 
I talked about how great this guy was, that I'd only heard good things, and hey, since I was putting in my two-week notice, they should definitely hire him. The dude comes in for an interview, and I'm on the interview panel. When we're in the room together alone, he's like, Dude, I'm sorry, bro, for all the things I said. Thank you so much for helping me out. I say, no sweat. My ex-girlfriend always had good things to say about you. And I know she has a good picker. After all, she chose both of us, and we chuckled like polite people. He actually does okay on the interview and gets the job. However, this job is a disaster. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this is the worst job I've ever had. The place that I was moving to paid me twice as much for a third of the work. I was so relieved to be leaving. When I moved out of my place a month later, my landlord asked me if I knew anyone who was looking. I gave her the guy's phone number. My old apartment looks super charming when you first see it, but after you've been living there for a while, you realize it is absolute trash. My buddy from my old job told me that the cheating guy jumped on my apartment offer. So now, this guy has my old shitty job, my old shitty apartment, and my old shitty girlfriend. I hope that he enjoys my life somehow more than I did, but I doubt it. Also, I do know that they broke up about two months later. This feels like the plot to either a horror movie or a comedy show, where there's like a cursed girlfriend or a cursed apartment and a cursed job, I guess? And some poor sap gets stuck with all three, and then the next person rotates in, and they get all three, and then the next person gets all three. Weird. That was our slash petty revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.